Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Brian Moss. And Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that we make. My latest comics, Hulk Grand Design, in stores now. Pick this up wherever you buy comic books. And the collection, oversized treasury size, will be in stores in January 2023. So pre-order that one now to let stores know how many they need to get. Street Angel, Deadly Scroll Alive, back in print from Image Comics. After being out of print for almost a year, eight complete full-color stories. Perfect for any action comic fan in your life. Ed Piscor's Red Room, Trigger Warnings, and the Anti-Social Network. Both available now wherever books are bought and sold. Completely self-contained. So if your store has trigger warnings, start there. If it has anti-social network, start there. You will not go wrong. And special guest in the house, Brian Moss. His latest comic, Outer Heaven Number 1, written, drawn, colored by him. Available now. Outer Heaven Number 2 on its way shortly. And the Eightfold Path from Abrams with illustration and artwork by Brian Moss. So pick that up wherever you get your books. And we are here today to look at one of my favorite artists, Jorge Zafino, a complete 10-page uh, story that Brian picked up. And um, man, I'm excited to actually see Zafino pages in person. We know him from things like Winter World and Seven Block and Terror Inc. Inc. Uh, but he is, I think, Argentinian. So we have a lot of his work that's not been uh, translated into English. And um, you can see here, I think it's Portuguese that this story is in. But uh, it does not does not hurt us from enjoying his beautiful penmanship and art. So eager to go through this one. If you guys don't know about Sifino, he's like a combination of the Cuberts, all of them, including the dad, more so the dad. You see the dad, yeah. Mm -hmm, you see it in there, and then also like an Alex Tope descendant. So he got on my radar pretty early. So to actually get this, it's like very humbling, right? Because you're getting like to see everything that we know about him. In one complete story. Yeah, yeah. These these are those Cubert kind of textures that uh, when they push out from uh, establishing shots, like Joe will do that type of shit. These kind of textures here, like the pattern, uh, it feels like um, the strip strip art of uh, Al Williamson. Yes, would um, bring this kind of stuff. And lighting is key in Jorge Zafino, man. So like you got your light source. It's, it's he never cheats on the available lighting uh, of the scene to kind of uh, inflict itself upon everything in the in the uh, image. So you got the light there, and I just love the way this uh, tunic or whatever is responding to the light from just that little piece right there. I feel like the way he would shadow faces and stuff super influential. Like oh, yeah. I see so many people that do this type of shading, and you know, you guys are so on the money with the lighting being a big part of his work. And that kind of like mood light, man, that stands out to me whenever I see his work. And I think it's interesting, the pattern, Ed, that you, you call Al Williamson, um, it's almost like a language that pen and ink artists will have. And so, of course, you know, like the comics, especially 20th century, they share that language. So you really do see that in, in an Al Williamson or uh, probably any number of cartoonists. You could go two ways with this, man. You could go Al Williamson and try to go with the folds and stuff. Neil Adams would do that. Uh, you know, it's it's that autograph projector, you know, Alex Raymond school, school of thought. Or you could go Hank Ketchum, Jaime Hernandez. Evan Dorkin mm -hmm. and just have it all straight lines and, yes. and both work. They do. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Make if we can give them natural. a description of the pages real quick. So you'll notice that the paper, I don't even know what this would be on, you know, necessarily, but maybe like a one ply Bristol. It almost feels like something that you would use 
if you're like making just a quick like print or something, you know what I mean? Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see the quality still hold up pretty well over time with this. We, we're real bougie here in the States with our five, Strathmore 500 embossed Bristol board because when you watch Man Bin, and if you go buy some of that Deleter manga paper, it is bond paper fucking computer printout paper. It's mm -hmm. your hand is gonna, you know, you put your hand on it long enough, it's gonna start warping. And that's what the mangaka use. Wow. You know, our shit is so highfalutin to them. Mm -hmm. And you can see his spotting of blacks. You know, like you mentioned Alex Toth being, you know, some, some commonality there. I think you see it in his, the way he spots the blacks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's consistent with like any of his work. If you get hold of it, you'll see that quality. When I see some of this penmanship, because that's what we're looking at here, Munoz is now coming into my yeah, thoughts. Yeah, totally. And then you get these real, you know, just dashed out. Now we're getting Barry Windsor Smith or something with... Just these weird hatches. Like this character design with like the one eye is just lost an eye in something and you see the uh, the cable scar across that mm. eye and no, no eyeball inside it, there. It just hit with a little bit of dry brush to just yep. give like a little divot or something. Almost a thumbprint or something. <laughs> yeah. Just smudge, smudge that on there. And all pasted up lettering. Mm -hmm. So funny, uh, funny how that is. Just breaking up space, adding a little atmosphere with hatching. Mm -hmm. Using the same implement as this right here for that. Yep. It's interesting because what we know him for is like these like girthy aggressive lines, you know, that like in like hitting it splattered really dense. So to see him pull back this far with something like that is really impressive. Um, even with this, I've always paid attention to this because this felt like so amateur, but it works because of the texture for the ground. Like it tells us so much with so little. It is literally the Ernie Bushmiller rule of yeah, threes. The threes. Yeah. And, and we were talking about potential influences on him. Now I could take it to people who were influenced by him and I'm starting to get that Eduardo Rizzo might put Jorge Savino high on the list when you see pieces mm -hmm. like this. Cause you look at a hundred bullets and he'll do that kind of thing with like brick walls. Mm -hmm. Do you think that he's drawing in the word balloons? Yeah. Okay, so back to the rule of threes. Anytime there's this the thought <laughs> bubbles, it's three thought bubbles that go up. Cartoon language, thumbprints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can notice, you won't notice, it on, well actually it is on camera. Uh, you can see where it originally went to a dialogue to yeah. a thought balloon. That's fun. Mm -hmm. I do like to pare down, because uh, I always think of cross hatching in a lot of his work, and here it's like really like a study in black and white. This is like more Eduardo Rizzo hands and stuff like he, he would do shit like this and so I actually never really thought about Rizzo and as being a descent disciple of, of Zafino but I, I see it on the page right here I'd be surprised if he was like nah I never look at that dude's shit sick so we've been getting these fine liners that could be just like a tech pen but this is a dip pen work man to create Almost that Filipino atmosphere, mm -hmm. you know, the Alfredo Alcala type. Yeah, and you can see the dip pen part because the one end is heavier where it's like pushing right. the pen down a little bit and then easing up on your pressure as you whip that across. This panel is probably my favorite one out of the book because it's like, you when with this contrast going on, it's so effective but so simple. And we kind of see that orientation over there. Oh, yeah. Jim, if you look at it right there. Right. So it's like, kind of almost like, oh, that worked there pretty effectively. I'm going to do it again on the next page, you know, but just blow it out completely. Using the atmosphere, like in the distance, the atmospheric clouds like blackish. And it's just a soupy sort of, yeah. sort of, you know, atmosphere. 
and those Qbert lines that don't it's made up it's cartooning you know Joe Kubert would do this and it adds so much you know it's a hammer horror film now very and theatrical a lot of this is less is more mm -hmm. I look at it like I, I go from looking at the page to looking at the monitor where you can see like the, the how it reads you know small and it's so tight whenever you mm -hmm. see it just reduced a little bit yeah it's a very cool way to just add a layer of depth mm -hmm. without having to do too much. You just have to have the, the, the foresight or the insight to just cut that in there, break up the black and white a little bit. And you could add that with white after the fact if you don't think about it, but you can see here like it's all planned out. Exactly. Even even with the uh, your, your negative space up here on this like, you know, kind of detailed design, there's no white out there, you know, like that was something he figured out and drew around the negative space. When he's getting heavy with the lighting, the Munoz really shows yeah, up. Yeah, that's a perfect one right there example. This is great lighting too. You can see he's underlit, so you've got the shadow of his arms and stuff, but when you get up into his head, you really see like the guy who understands the planes of the face. M Miller had to be looking at a little bit of this, man. Small pages too, by the way, man, this is not a 10 by 15 image area. These, these pages are being drawn on like a nine by 12 or something. Yeah, it looks like a story that probably is uh, done quickly. Yeah. And I always think there's a certain virtue to that, you know, like regardless of how you work, shifting that up now and then I think is a really good thing. And turning out pages quick, it's a way to find your style. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think there's benefit to that, you know? I wouldn't work that way all the time. But it's not bad to throw yourself a curveball and, and do that from time to time. Munoz would do this often on the on the under uh, plane knuckle that was yes. facing away from the light. He would give you like a little fat glob of black and give you your uh, fingernails. If you guys look at the pages overall, especially when you like isolate them, you can see kind of like how he's able to crank these out because it seems like there's a rhythm and a balance between like the contrasting, right? And then also the effects. Mm -hmm. and then just the uh, the static imagery. So it's really, you could see that he's probably cranking these out one a day or something, because it has such a consistent rhythm to it. And then you get to something like this, which is actually really fun, because it's so sketchy right. and kind of weird. It almost has like a um, Hernandez Brothers feel to it, you know? I see that so much, like if you get a good black and white artist, you can almost list where it's like Tote, the Hernandez brother. You know, like it, it works. <laughs> right. It's like, you know what you're doing in that. There's a list of guys who know what they're doing, and you can see commonality. Yeah, and it might be two hands with fingers left over. <laughs> I was looking at some of it, like for this, where you're creating a foreground out of that hand. You know, mm -hmm. just a black shape. I mean, by itself, I might not even identify that as a hand. It's only in the context of the story that you're like, okay, yeah, clearly that's what it is. But it's it's a way to create depth in the pretty sparse illustration. The only, like I've been paying attention to the storytelling stuff and this is, uh, this baffles me. I, I don't exactly know what they're telling us right here. Yeah, I mean the idea is probably like some sort of motion included with the like the tracings of the light, but yeah, I would say that doesn't really work. That's not very effective. I also think it's noteworthy that this is some of the few ruled lines You're right. on the yep. coffin. Mm -hmm. you know? yep. it's, it's a way to make that coffin have a little bit of weight and stand out a little bit and it's consistent when you see it again. Uh, in this last panel. Hitting it with that milk kniff mm -hmm. with the, with the uh, background There's so there right much there. like shorthand on these pages. You know, like you could take a lot away from this. So so we saw that stuff, Bossy, that you, that you pointed out where it was like the brick and, mm -hmm. and it was just like the rule of threes thing that we yeah. talked about. This is what happens if you put every brick in and look what gets lost. Mm -hmm. You know, like I almost feel like that ain't Zafino. You know, it's almost like 
his young son got a hold of this and it was like adding texture or something because because mm -hmm. that it everything that we've seen in terms of clarity on the previous page is abused right here and this feels surprising to me with how clear and balanced he he was with everything else yeah you're, you're totally right Again, it's neat to see it like a little bit reduced and kind of see how it reads, and it isn't as clear, especially the figure isn't as clear against that wall. Figures, you know, mm -hmm. there's the whole population mm -hmm. in there. Yeah, I feel like the way you'd solve that is to put less line on those figures so that their white is, is a bigger block of white to stand out against kind of the gray of the brick pattern. The you got to make a choice, right? Yeah. Like, like there's, there's levels of depth, so this, it's, it's two competing grays. So you either don't have background or you have your like little bits of brick or like you said. Man, this kind of stuff where your back legs in shadow, mm -hmm. it reads so well and it reminds me of this panel, Brian, that you pointed out, you know, talking about like Hernandez yep. brothers. Cause to me it's like that's how you do black and white work. <laughs> exactly. You know, so like all the all the people that are good at it, it's like you can see little shades of them in, mm -hmm. in something like that. You are so right when you when you push away and you have the long shot, especially because he's drawing it so small. So the proportions they get a little clunky. The head gets big and things, and you start to feel about you think about cartooning, you know, mm -hmm. like and it could be Gilbert or Jaime depending mm -hmm. on the day. The um, so a little bit of background why I, why I started buying comic book pages is because it's like pre-internet or like internet was really early, so it's like I could learn, you know, yeah, what I yeah. mean the techniques. And this is a prime example of a technique that you will never learn unless you have original art. This is white out right here. Yeah. That, that structure. It's like, that is insane to be able to <laughs> make that face. legible <laughs> with white out. It looks so ghostly. Yeah. Cutting that face and just making it pure black. You know, that mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, it's mood. It's, it's theater. He's giving us, you know, you don't need to just show us that you could draw great faces all the time. It's like sometimes push that into the darkness for dramatic effect. And the hair texture, just a heavy brush, you know, where like in the shadow it's solid black, but out here it's just these heavy, just black lines. You know, if you look closely at that, it's almost uh, theater of the mind that that's hair. This is the, um, this is the page after uh, Family Values. When Dwight is getting bounced around in that alley that looks just like this, and that's Dwight getting up. That's amazing. The other piece that I, I'm really gravitating to are a couple of these little marks that I think of as Zafino-like, because I think yeah. of his hatching. And when you look closely, and I think you need original art for this, you see how casual those lines are. It's right? kind of one line, just like a yeah, scribble. Yeah, it's just, I need this to be gray. I just mm -hmm. need a little bit of shadow here, and the lines aren't the important part. The value is, and so you just see almost a dashed out line. I find that instructive. Totally. Seeing these dots on the fabrics, mm -hmm. it adding that to my own practice when I was young, it was the same eureka moment as putting the little white dot in a pupil. Yes. Mm -hmm. It immediately felt fibrous mm -hmm. to me. Ooh. There we go. Speaking of the white, your, your white dots in the pupil. <laughs> well so he kind of brings everything together here in this last panel, right? It's so full Zafino. He's yeah. going, he's going full Zafino as we know him. Yep. Went to World of Terror Inc. All that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's the, it's these lines, these lines that his son incorporates into his own work mm -hmm. at, at at this level. Um, everybody who's inspired by him tries to capture these exact lines. 
It's an interesting thing because I don't think he's using much mask and frisket. Like maybe he's just using like a piece of paper for his spatter because even these very expressive thick brush lines, like he's just not hitting the border. So right. he's staying inside the border, which suggests that he doesn't have this stuff taped off. Mm -hmm. And when it goes out, right. Clean you know, it up he's cleaning out. it up some. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if that's like um, scraped, you know, some of the lines right. that he's getting, uh, you know, getting that like right. soupy atmosphere in front of. And look at that, man, just like putting a black shape down and mm -hmm. then using white to like cut into the light plane. Oh, he's called fucking Bob Ross, you yeah. know what I mean? Just like, here's, let's use some of our current, you know, our, 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 our pure white for that. So if you look right here, it's interesting because it's the same thing right in, but it's like, imagine the confidence, like blacking yeah. all of that out and then all of a sudden, you know. Let's put some citadels in there. <laughs> it's your own happy little world. Feels very Mignola-esque to me, this panel. And again, it goes back to that idea, like if you're good with black and white art, you're gonna have that like identifying these different masters, uh, but you really see it there. But you're right, like this to me is the, when I think of Zafino, this is kind of the, the line making and quality. See, this is All it needs is of. like a screaming face, <laughs> a screaming Punisher mouth. This is the Argentinian war on drugs, man. She's gotta hide her piece. After smoking some weed, <laughs> and, and, and like that's that's the feds. The feds are showing up. Wow, man, that could have been out of a Sin City. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's great stuff. You know, that's Ava about to go swimming. The full moon behind her and shit. So we've talked about Zafino in the past in a Wizard episode, and I wanted to cut that out and show it off because it kind of goes through most of his English titles. So uh, let me run that clip here before we wrap up this video. And lo and behold, the book that he plugs is Terror, Inc. The reason this is significant is uh, it's by Argentinian cartoonist Jorge Zafino, who did a very shadowy, amazing style. It was dark. It was gritty. It was incredible. Again, in this era of, of Jim Lee and pen nib inking, this was a very alternative approach to drawing. So... I pulled out a few Jorge Zafino. Um, he died at a young age, died in, I think, 2002 at age 43. So we don't have a big body of work for him. A lot of the work that he did was with writer Chuck Dixon. But to me, he's one of the great cartoonists. Um, certainly, if you're, if you're looking through some of these guys who brought in some new flavors, some new influences to comics, this is one of those guys. So this is Winter World from Eclipse Comics. Probably his best one of his best comics and this is uh one of his earliest and it is uh when he was still using like a very joe kubert like style like there there are like to me there are like three periods of zafino's work and this is like joe kubert period and then um and then like the punisher nom uh put put that one up man seven uh seven seven block uh that period to me is actually my favorite period yeah this is a great one uh this comic seven block i just i just reread it last night to me it's like this is just beautiful to me it's like imagine if junji ito like wrote a story for like mazukelli to draw or something like like that's how that's how the book reads man and i think mazukelli pulls a lot from from zafino work uh from from like the punisher from around like the punisher period i would say 
I brought two of these. This was the original printing. I think this was Epic Comics. This was reprinted by IDW, and it's a black and white edition. Oh, and man, man, is it great in black and white. Oh, I'm picking that up after we get off of this yeah, so freaking recording. Not hard to find. IDW has reprinted a few things. I think they did a Winter World. And apparently there's another Winter World. I think it's called Winter Sea from that era. Look but at that. This is a horror story where a prisoner is uh, basically forced into exper medical experiments. Yeah, it's like a eugenics kind of thing where, like, uh, I believe I believe they're able to... to trying to figure out how to create a germ to kill other races or something like that. This is a really good one. I don't know if you've seen this one, Ed, but no. Conan the Barbarian, it's a nice big meaty story, probably 30 pages of his black and white art, and it's Conan, you know, sword fights and demons and really great stuff. He's a, it's funny that he's such a good fit for things like guns and Punisher and urban setting, but then he's equally adept at, you know, barbarians and horses and fighting, you know, giant snake gods and things like that so he's a real artist's artist too like if you in easy evidence of that is if you go to comicartfans.com and you yes. take a look at the original pages you will see that the owners of the pages are like bill ray has uh yes has pun has pun these some of these punisher pages um dave johnson has uh jorge zafino pages uh philip hester has jorge zafino pages what i like is um he you could tell that you could tell that this is the kind of guy that would have done... Stay on this page for a second because it's going to go with something I'm about to say. But you could tell this is a guy who probably does regular life drawing classes, like uh, crow key courses and stuff like that, because he, he is just so adept at the human figure mm -hmm. that um, I can't imagine that he's just he's posing p models for every panel or anything like that. Like I think he's naturally getting that. He can also veer off into... Uh, into cartooning and, and like a lot of his I'm not not these characters specifically but another thing that he's really good at that almost every cartoonist is not is being able to draw different looking people he doesn't have same face syndrome with the way that he draws different yes. characters and he could take some of the proportions and some of the uh some of the facial features of many characters that he draws and make them like uh he could cartoon he could yeah. cartoon as well as doing very naturalistic drawing and stuff like that these the the kingdom gone story and the covers that he did for for um the nom yeah the way that i describe that work is um it feels so immediate like when he's in this like action setting um it feels so immediate to me it feels like um you know what are those uh dweebs who, who who draw the sketches in the in the courts oh and yeah the the just a court, court artist court, courtroom sketch right, artist yeah. sketch so, artist so sure. it there's such an immediacy to the drawing and when like those nom covers when there are these very like kinetic action sequences it it feels like he was sitting there jotting down something he's watching happen like that's the style of inking that he chose whenever he was um drawing those things man and, and there's a lot of that here like like my zafino i want action i want dark whenever there's like domestic uh bullshit i don't want any of that chuck <laughs> dixon take that out of there it's a pretty good face just let me see him kick ass that's another thing a lot of cartoonists can't draw is old people or babies we talked about yeah last episode some some shortcomings there. like you could see that he has a, a total command of the 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 figure but he uses his like really fast inking style that brings information, but but he's also getting like not happy accidents, but he's allowing 
he doesn't need to be precious with 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 every line he puts down and it creates this amazing feel yeah, it's very alive this is uh you know beginning of this episode i made a note about liking rob liefeld's art better when he inks himself yeah because so much drawing happens there and, and people talk about losing that life as you go through right drafts and revisions and trying to keep that alive in the inking stage this is a guy that could do that that could keep that live movement uh sense of, of urgency and, and stuff so Rest Jorge Zafino, one one of the the great uh draftsmen to come through comics and to come through marvel and genre comics there god damn it dude <laughs> see this kind of stuff man i want to get back to the drawing board asap brian moss thank you so much for bringing this stuff on by dude no problem thank you for having me guys Let's get out of here man k favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available jimmy tell the people what's out there street angel deadly scroll live pick that up at your local comic shop now back in print after almost a year so enjoy that one Hulk Grand Design, Monster Madness, two issues available now in comic shops everywhere. Oversized Treasury Collection will be out in January, but you need to pre-order that one now to let Marvel know how many of those they need to print. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see a lot more of my comics and art. Be must let the people know. So I currently got out Eightfold Path. I'm the artist on it. Um, also, I have Outer Heaven, which is currently out. Working on issue two currently. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram, Strange Things Moss. You can also check out my Patreon, also at Strange Things Moss. Red Room Trigger Warnings, Red Room the Anti-Social Network, trade paperbacks in stores now. Each one completely self-contained, has four stories in each, plus a bunch of back matter, 60, 70 pages of stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else. Uh, you can get all of these comics on my Patreon right now for three bucks, and I'm serializing new Red Room comics that aren't going to see the light of day for quite a while. Just three dollars, more than 300 pages worth of stuff. You hit up my link tree in the description below this video. You can order current and future Red Room comics and hit up that Patreon. Jimmy, tell the people what else we have out there, man. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, and more at our spread shop in the links below this video. Another great way to support the channel. Give, us a, give them those March orders, Jimmy. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.